0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I'm your host. We have a very special guest joining us. I'm going to officially read his bio, but you'll see after this bio, there's a lot to share today. Um, The official bio, Ken Rusk is a best-selling author, entrepreneur, and blue-collar advocate that proves there is no degree needed to achieve comfort, peace, and freedom. Ken spent his younger years digging ditches and working in construction. He never went to college. Instead, he made goals, planned, and worked hard for 30 years. Now, Ken is a very successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and revenue streams. Ken specializes in mentoring and has coached hundreds of young people in areas such as short, mid, long-term goal setting, life visualization, career paths and sound financial planning. He is passionate about helping people achieve their dreams regardless of their educational background or past. In Ken's book, Blue Collar Cash, he shares his insights from over 30 years of working in blue collar trades and as an entrepreneur, mentor, and life coach. Ken, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Derek. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm thrilled to have you. My first question that we always start with, which is what do you believe the world needs more of?
1: I think the world needs more of I would start with saying the belief that you are really in control of your of your future and and the fact that so many of us are led to believe that you know this is something you know life happens to us instead of us happening to life. I, I really believe that we need to happen to our own lives a lot more, and that would lead to more confidence, more self-reliance, more, you know ability to to forge our own paths. And I just think i I just think that's it. The ability to say, hey, I, I got this. i'm I'm in control of my life.
0: I love that. I love that. My next question is, what is your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you? And what are a few of the moments that help shape it?
1: I I think people, when I say something, I think people believe that I mean what I say. Mm. And it's only because, you know, I'm, I'm so interested in other people around me succeeding because I'll reap the benefits of that later. It's so much more fun to put others in a position to build the lives that they want for themselves and, and to surround yourself with those kind of people, because then you automatically get buoyed, you know, a rising tide raises all boats, as they say, and and instead of, you know, trying to be the answer man to everything and, and always solving and fixing and, you know, maintaining and whatever, all the problems that, or challenges that you arise, uh, that arise in business, you know, allow people to to grow and to develop and to experience those things and to win because the more they win, the more you win. It's that simple.
0: I love that. And what are a few moments that helped shape that perspective over the years?
1: Well, you know, a long time ago, I was working really hard and I was trying to throw 70 and 80 hours at it and, you know, trying to outwork everybody. And, you know, I was, I was doing it all. And I thought that was my true value. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember um, meeting a, a gentleman he he was working in our production department at the time and he was broken and he was trying to figure out what to do and where to go and how to get out of this mess and um, we sat down and we just kind of we, we started a coaching session not even knowing we were starting a coaching session I mean I don't have any letters after my name I don't have any formal training I just said okay well What can I do to help you succeed? What does that look like? Let's literally take some crayons and draw that out on a piece of paper and see where it takes us. And, you know, that gentleman has, you know, he's gone through, he's, he's already paid off a few houses. He's gotten all of his kids, um, you know, fully grown and developed and out of the house and in in their own lives. And, and um, he's a very, very exuberant, very, um, positive professional guy and he's been with me now for 37 years so and uh, I just talked to him this morning and and uh, we we just are very very grateful and thankful that um, all those years ago we decided hey let's let's put let's put you first let's see where this goes let's see how you can empower yourself to own your own future and then and again see where that takes the company so it was great
0: I love that. I love that. What other moments help shape it? So, there's moments where someone came to you, you sat down, you're like, let's just do something about it. Here's some, here's a pen and paper. Let's go to work. What do we, what does that future look like? You helped them map that out. Do you have any other moments where, where that really was shaped over the years?
1: yeah I, I think it I think once we once we surrounded ourselves and developed a, a, a group of people that were all like-minded, that were all mm-hmm. again, self-reliant, goal-driven, goal-oriented people, yep. we you know, we've been giving back for a very long period of time. We give back to a lot of different organizations and charities, but it's not just of our money. We give of our time, our talent, and our treasure, okay? I believe that getting involved in communities and having your people do that with you. They're not going to do that on their own, probably. I mean, some might get scratched the surface, but to really get deep into a, a great situation, we kind of force that issue here. And I, I just remember a group of people, I was standing there watching them as they were helping, you know, people with make-a-wish or people with um, you know, junior achievement or boys and girls clubs or, or things like that. I just remember watching this group of people, they were so thrilled to help others now that they had done great things for themselves and that was just another moment where I thought wow this is really cool these people are they're wanting to give of themselves not because I said so but because they're used to doing it now and they're programmed to do it and they want to do it and it makes them feel great and um so to kick back and watch this whole thing after I'd been doing it for so many years you know just with a smaller group of people to see it expand like that it was really cool.
0: I love it. I love it. When I met my wife, she was the Make-A-Wish Wish Wish Giver of the Year. And I asked her what she loved about Make-A-Wish. And and she goes, you know what? It's one of those things that, like you said, people who, who, you know, they've done well and they want to share. That's great. And she goes, the truth is, even at the hardest moments of my life, when I show up here and I sit down and I'm looking eye to eye with a a six-year-old kid who just went through their fifth brain surgery to get the tumor out of their head. That's cancerous. Yeah. Golly. I leave that room thinking how hard can my life be? If that kid's gone through six surgeries in the last nine months, my gosh, I'm blessed. And, and there's something special that shows up not in comparison of you versus them, but something special that shows up just in holding space with someone else who's literally going through the gauntlet in that moment with their health more often than not with Make-A-Wish and seeing how strong they are, seeing how resilient they are, seeing how happy they are so often. And then you look it in the mirror and saying, okay, I'm not going through the gauntlet. I'm going through my own stuff, nowhere close to that. But why am I sitting around and moaning and complaining about it? And that kid's sitting there smiley and happy and totally alive, and it, it's more or less a gut check. It, it's one of those things that kind of just shakes your soul and wakes you up and makes you think about how you're behaving and the yeah, attitude I can tell which you. you're taking on life.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. And and I, I applaud your wife for doing that. I, we've probably in the in the past 20, 24 or five years, we've probably sponsored 15 or 16 kids now. Mm-hmm. And um, you're exactly right. You know, we love to we love to back and support fighters and these kids are fighters yep. and they, they show bravery that a lot of, not a lot of people are, would be able to show. And mm-hmm. um, y- you can't have a bad day when you visit one of these kids and what they go through and you leave it with, with nothing but inspiration and, and love and joy in your heart for the things that you do. And, and again, the whole team gets to see that and they get to experience that and they go home and they feel really great about, what they're doing and who they're working with. And it's just such a great thing for, again, not just to throw a check at it, but to throw your your time and 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 the talents that you have along with it. So really cool, really cool experience.
0: Well, I'll tell you two two things real quick. One, I tried to have a bad day one time, not on purpose, I was just having a rough day. And I, I was running with a um, uh, team in training, which was raising money for lymphoma and leukemia. And we we're running marathons to help raise money. And one day I showed up to running practice, and I just didn't feel like it. I was like, I'll, I'll do my best. I'll try at least. And I, I know the key is you just get moving, and then after yeah. a few laps, you, you, the endorphins kick in. You, I can do anything. Um, uh, but I was, I was on like lap five or six for the day, and I just was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm good. I'm, and the marathon comes around, I'll be fine. But right now, today, I just don't feel like it. And then this little kid came out. And, and he was bald and going through cancer treatment. And he had made these little buttons with his face on it, a little smile. And it, it almost gets me to tears every time I talk about it, but this kid came out and he stood on the side of the little track we were running as a team, like sprints, jogs, sprints, jog, sprints, jog, stuff like that. And he reached up and the words that came out of his mouth were, thank you for not giving up on me.
1: Uh. Oh my god!
0: I'm like you little shit, I didn't want to try hard today. Right. And, and he's like, "Thanks for not giving up on me." I was like, "Gosh darn it! Twelve more laps, here I come!" Like, right? Yeah. I didn't need a motivational speaker. I needed a kid who was climbing a mountain in life to just look at me and say, "Thanks for not giving up on me." And and my butt ran another however many laps they told me to, <laughs> with no more yeah. stress. And, and again, it it was that kick in the gut of this kid sitting there going through cancer. And I'm here moaning because I didn't feel like running another lap on a Thursday and, and it wakes you up. The other one that comes to mind, um, uh, throwing a check at it. You said something, ah, one of my favorite questions as a business owner and someone asked me this, and it's just something that landed so well is who wins when you win? And so often, I've been guilty of this, I know clients have, we get obsessed in our businesses of wanting to get to the win, whatever the win is, the accomplishment, how many clients served, how many people reached, how many, you know, money, jobs done, money, gross revenue, net profit. Like We get so fixated on the target because it's exciting and it's fun to outdo what you've done before and it's neat sure. to know what else is possible. Um But you said something that's so important for people listening, which is you've identified in your companies who wins when y'all win. When you win, it sounds like you have programs that take your time, your treasures, your money, and reinvest into the community, both your internal community of your team and your people. But it sounds like you also invest into the local community around you as well. If if you want
1: to build a team of just, you know, cohesive, entrepreneurial type, you know, there's a lot of things to do. I mean, obviously there's compensation plans, there's goals, there's accolades, there's performance levels, there's all those things that you just mentioned. But when you get to the point where you have a group of people that feel morally and ethically sound because of the, the culture that you have in your company, and one of those things is let's, as a group, Go out and make something good happen in the world. I mean, one small example, you know, for for about $40, because everyone always says, well, you know, I don't know that I have the extra money to do that. Okay. For $40, you can go to the store, get enough ingredients to go to a Ronald McDonald house, right? You go into their beautiful kitchens that they have, and eight of you can sit there for the next two hours and make garlic bread and meatballs and salad and spaghetti and all the things you need for a really awesome dinner for the parents of one of those kids who's across the street suffering in a hospital and they're scared to death and they're worried and they're fearful and they're frustrated and they don't know what to do they don't know about their future of them of their of their child or whatever so they have to sleep in this in this place and It's just a respite for them to come down and have this home-cooked meal, and they don't know who did it. It's anonymous. But you go in, and you spend two hours, and you make this wonderful situation, and then you know what you do? You pack it up, you put it in the fridge, and you leave. But you leave with the fact that you know that you're going to make something really, really nice for someone who's in a really bad situation, Maybe not as bad as the child suffering across the street, but yeah, there are are more than when a child suffers, there's three victims. There's the child, there's the the mom and the dad, they're all in it together. And um, I know that from personal experience. So it it was just so cool to do that. And it doesn't take a lot of money, Jarek. I mean, it takes a little bit of time, some talent and a little bit of treasure, but man, you walk out of there feeling like you could walk, walk on water. It's just, it's just unbelievable. And it's so easy to do.
0: I love it. I love it. My next question. What's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble over the years?
1: Wow. That's a great one.
0: Um,
1: well, we got used to being really, really successful and, um, we could run this company really, really well. And we thought we knew all the answers. Okay. We, we really did. And, um, You could run a business in good economies and bad economies and good weather and bad weather because our business is a little bit weather related. But I got to tell you, when that pandemic came along and it was like a once in a lifetime, nobody knew what what was going on. You know, streets were closing and stores were closing. And, um, you know, you had people getting shut down. And I had friends who had restaurants with 500 people who had three hours notice to lay them all off. And I mean, that was a really scary time because that, that was something that I had never been through before. So yeah, to, to, to look at the 200 people that I have working here and say, okay, everybody, I don't know exactly how we're going to get through this, okay? This is one that in my 36 years, I have not faced and neither have any of you and neither has the country, by the way. You had doctors disagreeing with other doctors, disagreeing with government people and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, to take that one step at a time was pretty humbling. And it was like, okay, well, I'm eternally blessed and I'm very grateful for the stuff that we've accomplished thus far. How do we get through this? And with a lot of faith and um, a lot of belief in, in each other around here, we found our way. We stumbled our way through it. We found a way to remain open. And um and it was tough, but uh, yeah, you think you know it, you think you got it, you think you face almost any situation. Something like that comes along, and you're like, oh wow, maybe maybe I don't know everything after all.
0: <laughs> Life will always wake us up. What about? <laughs> yeah. Here's my next question: What is an awe-inspiring moment on your journey? An awe-inspiring
1: moment, man. Th- th- these are great questions. I, well, I would say this: Whenever I see somebody that again you you feel like they've presented themselves as maybe maybe they're destitute or they're frustrated or they're broken and and all you do is have these conversations with them and get them to see get that light bulb to go off that there is a future for you and you control it you've been told you don't you're you, by by society by your economic situation by your neighborhood by your friends and family you've been told maybe you're just going to be in this box for the rest of your life. And we hire a lot of young people here, Jarek, and we can change a lot of lives. And to see somebody go from, well, I guess my expectation is only going to be M and I can show them how to get to Z and then they start doing it. That is really cool. And and to see lives develop and grow around me, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. It is awe-inspiring because it's not, you know, some super amazing, you know, driving force of some, you know, political speech or some, you know, win at some sports event or whatever. It's it's granular, it's homegrown, it's organic, and these people are winning. And I get to watch that and I just love it.
0: I love it. I love it. At this stage of your life, what's your greatest fear?
1: You know, a long time ago, I had a friend of mine who started his own company. And he said, starting your own company is like kind of like swimming, okay? (laughs) Um, You're you're underwater for like the first two or three years and you're just trying to gasp for breath whenever you can. (laughs) And then in the next couple of years, you start to tread water a little bit and you look around. And you're like, okay, I'm breathing, I'm okay, I, I can survive this for a while. And then you start to do better and start to get more successful. And you built some foundation underneath you. And then pretty soon, you're up on top of that water. And maybe you're like water skiing, because now you got this. Okay, you're like, all right, I'm making some money. Now I got some confidence I can, this water doesn't bother me anymore. Everything is really cool. And then you look around and you go, okay, now how am I going to screw this up? <laughs> I've got this thing going so well now, how am I going to mess it up? So I just, um, you know, other than health things for myself or my family, you know, you've done some great things. You you've built a great business. You want to see that go, and uh, you want to continue to help other people's uh, other people around you develop their lives. So the fear of something blowing that up, I, I think, is 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 basically what it is.
0: I see. I see. Someone said, if you, when you start the second time, you start with all the experience you got the first time. So the second time actually goes much quicker than the first. (laughs) I I don't wish that on anybody, but for anyone who gets just knocked straight off the mountain of life, know that you, you start with the experience and the lessons and the knowledge. You have all the years of figuring out what worked and what didn't, that kind of speeds you up. But I totally get that fear. What about this? Number six, what are you excited about for your future right now?
1: You know, I'm always looking at goals that are anywhere from one year to five to 10 years out. And I have about six or seven of them. And they're all different lengths of time. You know, things like building a new headquarters for our building, you know, maybe becoming a grandfather, um, teaching my grandson or granddaughter how to play golf, hopefully that they're interested in that (laughs) or whatever they're interested in for that matter. I
0: have one rule with golf. I go to Costco. I buy a giant box of balls. And if I make it back with one ball, I crushed it that day.
1: There you go. So yeah, I have a lot of things like that. You know, I'm not really looking forward to retirement because I really, I like to work and I like what I'm doing. Um, But yeah, I always have a a half a dozen things. You know, I want to go back to Scotland again. I want to do some more traveling, do some things like that. I've been there a few times and I just love it. And, you know, so I would say to be able to balance my life, and to enjoy what I've accomplished, and to help others enjoy what they're accomplishing, and then hit some of those other, you know, more solid goals that I have for myself. That that's that's pretty much where I'm at right now.
0: I love it. This second part of the show we call nuts and bolts. Uh, this is the tactical, tangible, more immediately applicable type stuff for our listeners. Question one here is what do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts, time and life on each day right now?
1: Well, when it comes to my business, it's it's making sure that, you know, when you, when you develop a, a program for people to not only state their goals, but to put them out in front of them and put them on the wall so everyone can see and then they share them and they put those goals into action. I, I think for me, I, you have to focus on maintaining that because- that whole culture thing is kind of like a it's kind of like holding on to a to to a wet dog that doesn't want to be held on to. I mean, you really have to like you really have to like embrace that and you have to maintain it because culture is something that you don't just establish and then give up on and watch it work. Culture is something you're constantly, you know, refueling and 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 maintaining and massaging and and doing things with. So I love the fact that I get to you know, come up with new ways to make culture cool around here, Um, continue the good ones that we know work, uh, improve upon the ones that we don't, and and just watch people grow.
0: I love that. What is the key to your success?
1: The key to my success is I've said a long, long time ago that I can't get what I want, nor can my company get what it wants or needs until everybody else gets what they want first. Mm. And I absolutely believe that. I've said it a hundred times in front of a hundred and 200 people. And I think they believe it um, because they can see it and they can see that my interest is genuine and and it's, it's honest. And um, so, yeah, I, I think, I think when you have any company, there's an input side and an output side, and the owners are typically on the output side. They're at the end of the line. And that's okay because the more you can get other people around you to create a great life for themselves, the more your company is going to, it's going to take leaps and bounds and it's going to go way further than you can do it on your own. That's for sure.
0: That's right. That's right. Final question. What is one actionable tip to help others achieve and experience the kind of success in their life that you've achieved in yours?
1: I would say go find a quiet place, get a large poster board, get some crayons or some markers or a whole bunch of different types of magazines and either draw, cut out, create exactly the life you want for yourself. You, you know what type of house are you into what type of transportation are you into car truck motorcycle electric vehicle what's your sport or your hobby going to be what's your vacations going to look like what's your what's your animal going to look like is it a, a dog or a cat and what it, what color what would you name it what's your spiritual moment what's your give back moment very important right what's your what's your retirement uh, uh, plan look like draw all that out on a piece of paper this might take you a day it might take you a month. But continually work on it like you would a puzzle, hang that on the wall, stare at it every day, because we all know that what our brain sees that attracts itself to that is step one to getting the life that you want for yourself.
0: I love it. I love it. And finally, where can people find more of you? Uh, You can go to KenRusk.com.
1: I'm um, I'm doing some uh, again, I'm doing some more give back work there uh you'll find the book blue collar cash theory you'll also find the course that i built called the path to successful life and um it's a it's a course that if you buy one you get to give one away free to somebody else a friend a neighbor or a loved one and um i donate the proceeds of that to charity anyway so if you want to help yourself know you can help somebody else in the
0: process I love it. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. This is another episode of what the world needs more of. Share this with a friend, a family member, someone you know, who's trying to build the life of their dreams to give them access to tools, conversation, and information of how they can do so. Hope you all have another amazing day and look forward to seeing you in our next episode.